3: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
0: This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v sin the sports betting network.
3: Rolling along here, it's hour two of v Final Countdown alongside the one and only Matt Brown. I'm Stormy Tony. Thanks for hanging out with us. One more hour to go. Uh, plenty of baseball going on right now. And, of course, later on this evening, we'll go through a lot of that with Steve Buchanan, uh, Major League Baseball betting analyst over at DraftKings in a little bit. But some score updates for you for the games that are going on right now. The Astros continue to lead the Rangers 5-3 in the eighth. The Brewers really pulled away from the Pirates here as well, six-one lead in the eighth, and then Padres up two-nothing on the Giants in the fifth inning. Matt,
4: yeah, we're looking here. This Brewers team, as we know, chasing the Cardinals now in the Central. So every win's huge, huge, huge for this team. A good start here from Freddie Peralta. Now it is against the Pirates. That being said, five innings, two hits, no walks for him. Only one earned. They pulled him after seventy-four pitches because they. Uh, the, Freddie Prof still kind of working back from an injury here, so he gets pulled after seventy four. But that being said, four spot in the bottom of the seventh to get them up six to one. And then uh guys, I did I ruined it. I ruined it. What Would you ruin Uh Musgrove oh. gave up a hit, as oh, did I- Wood. Dang it. Opportunity missed. They both gave it. Wood's actually given up five hits, actually. I just casually said
3: it's two nothing. I didn't say, oh, the no no. It's gone. Musgrove's
4: given up a hit now, too. So (laughs) I'm sorry. I completely ruined it. I know. I jinxed it. Two to nothing there. Musgrove, though, is through four, only giving up one hit. However, he hadn't walked in and he struck out seven so far through four innings again. Giants team not as strong as in years past, so he's mowing through them here this afternoon.
3: Updated total in the game, 7.5. Juiced to minus 135 to the under, if you think the Giants can come back, 7-1. to Uh, Some updated news and notes out here as we start out Hour 2 with Marlon Mack cut. The rookie Damian Pierce now set to start for the Texans. Max gonna resign with the Texans practice squad, but this opens the door, Matt, for some rookie of the year market conversation. If you were a,
4: if you took a flyer on Damian Pierce at the very beginning, just because you were like, eh, maybe they're maybe they're not so sold on Marlon Mack. Good on you, because you could have gotten him at fifty to one at one point, and now he is down all the way to nine, mm-hmm. 9 to one right now for Rookie of the Year. Here's the only problem with this, and I'm not going to say that this is a... a, I love any of the longer numbers. The 9-1, to it's going to be hard for me to get there strictly because I don't think the Texans are going to score very many points, and I don't think they're going to move the ball all that well throughout the course of the season. And I understand uh, he is a bell cow back, and we don't have any guaranteed first... We don't have any guaranteed rookie quarterbacks are going to be starting or anything like that. So... You have to be looking elsewhere. That being said, it's typically someone who puts up pretty eye popping numbers and at least puts up some good counting stats and stuff. And I, I I understand the opportunity is going to be there, but the opportunity is going to be there on teams aren't going to be very good. So I just don't know if it plummeting all the way to nine to one is necessarily worth it before so. a
3: single game has been played. Yes. as well, which right. makes it that much more fun because we don't you don't know what you're going to see at this point.
4: No, no so. clue. No clue. And again, it's just it's. It's a guy. It's a guy on a bad team. It's still. It's still but if a you got the fifty
3: team. to one, you're feeling great oh, right now. If you got now. fifty to
4: one, then you've got an awesome. I can't ticket.
3: believe you didn't sing your song.
4: You basically have a. I know, because it is the return of the Mac.
3: Return of the Mac. Once again, I got another song yeah. for you. Uh-huh. Good old Wu Tang Clan here. Cash rules everything around me, which reminds yes. me of the Live Golf Tour and oh, what is going on right now. The defections continue, including world number two Cameron Smith yesterday. A number of golfers that have been added to that list, including another top 20 player and Joaquin Neiman. So the Live Golf Tour, Matt, and obviously you're very ingrained in, mm. in the PGA and all things golf, has gone from something that was kind of a joke at first and when people took the big money were really really ridiculed about it to now it's a it's becoming a competitor
4: yeah it's it's a it's a thing now for sure and in from a betting standpoint this isn't this isn't something that we can just kind of look past i mean it is now a weaker field every time that the PGA tour mm-hmm. is puts on an event i mean and so what that equals is smaller numbers for us as betters I mean that's the that's just the that's the reality of it when the number two player in the world number 19 player in the world Harold Harold Varner is a consistently solid performer coming in at 46th in the world Tringali can't win but he's at least a guy that's in the field and has contended at least for first-round leader stuff here and there 55 in the world Leishman on the downside of his career makes perfect sense for him to go 62 in the world And, and listen if I've been a big time I've I've talked a ton of trash about Liv and all that, but at least with Harold Varner and the guys that have gone over to Liv, but at least with Harold Varner – He was completely honest yesterday, and at least for that, I can kind of tip the cap because he said the opportunity to join Live Golf is simply too good of a financial breakthrough for me to pass by. I know what it means to grow up without much. The money is going to ensure my kid and future Varners will have a solid base to start on a life that I could only have dreamt about growing up. I'll also help fund many of the programs I'm building with my foundation. I'll continue to forge pathways for kids interested in golf. This note is a receipt of that. He's the first guy to for, come out completely and just say, I did it for the money. Yeah. I did it Which for the money. Which is what all
3: of them yes, are it, doing. It's not for
4: the betterment of the sport. Like, come on. <laughs> this is the biggest joke ever. Like, at least he just said, hey, I did it for the money.
3: Yeah. And it's interesting because the two people on the PGA Tour, player-wise, that have been the most adamant about – being involved in the tour and growing the tour and the importance of that are Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, obviously. And Tiger is obviously aged out as well. Yeah. So when Rory's really the only guy that's the face and more and more people keep going to lit, like what does that mean in a lot of ways for yeah, the future no, I mean, of the tour? And,
4: and, I mean, seriously, it's, it's, it is a, it's a thing now. I mean, they try to do the best that they could to make these prize pools bigger and they're going to make it to where at least if you miss the cut your travel will be covered and all the different stuff like that are you kind of
3: annoyed if you're a pga tour guy though that oh oh now you find the money to up the ante here yeah yeah. i
4: mean yeah for sure i mean there there's always going to be the question as to well where was the money in the first place Mm. and why weren't we doing this stuff in the first (laughs) place and why did we need all of this to happen for this to happen for us but uh you know look it's a big the number two player in the world going is is a huge loss walking neiman's only 23 years old he's a you know, one of the up and coming guys. It, it's a big, it's a big loss. I mean, any way you look at it, and from a betting perspective for us, like I said, I mean, the fewer good players in the field, the shorter the odds are going to be for the other guys in the field, and it's it's it does create stuff for us as, as betters as well. Live for me, I haven't bet. A, I haven't put. I was going to ask you,
3: is that a bettable product? I, I haven't put in a single
4: bet yet. I mean, maybe I will. Maybe the disdain towards them will die off just a little bit, and I can like sit here and understand. Look. I've hated – I hate a lot of teams, and I'll still bet on them. I've hated a lot of players, and I've still bet on them. You know, it's whatever. So maybe I can bet on a whole tour that I hate. I mean, like, you know, at so some it, point – Well, is
3: it the structure of the events that you hate? Is it just the you general know, quality of play? You know, I mean, what I, hate getting is, more and more. what I hate
4: is that it exists, to be perfectly honest. I mean, <laughs> One that's more what thing I, for you to That's what I actually too, hate. What I hate is, know. yeah, that it actually exists. because and, and it messes everything up for me from, from a handicapping perspective right. as well, right? Because – they're playing on courses that hadn't played at before. They're playing, you know, the it's 54 instead of 72. There's all kinds of things like yeah, that. You where can't I do don't your have, models completely Yeah, like I don't, have, I don't have all the, the data that I need. I don't have all the stuff that I've done for for years that's, that's proven successful. So I hate it from all aspects. Maybe I'll learn to adapt or maybe I'll just pretend it doesn't exist. I'll just stick it over <laughs> there in the corner and just pretend it doesn't exist and, and just going about my way. And then as everyone's reaping it, you know, winning left and right, all their bets, and I'm just like, I didn't even know there was a tournament this weekend when I totally <laughs> knew there was a tournament tournament you know
3: if they want to force you to get involved and acknowledge that it exists they probably need to make it a more watchable product because isn't yeah. that the big issue right no, yeah, now Yeah, no tv well? deal right now yeah. is, is
4: pretty huge and, and that's the one thing the pga has on them because they've got tv deals with all the big everybody. Yeah, all the big networks so i mean i guess they could go and like start to to talk some other people out there but yeah it's that's that's the other thing for me too is i i do like to kind of watch the what golf. the best thing about betting golf is you get a four-day sweat like people you it's it's four for the price of one people
3: yeah and that's four, fun four to dive in too. i've done a few of those just like just jump in. Yeah. You know, after two rounds, feeling confident about a couple guys, the way they're playing, even if they're back, get a good number. Don't you fun. worry. We're
4: gonna make a lot of money in
3: I'm golf. I'm excited. I'm excited. We're gonna make a lot of he, money in golf. Y'all don't even understand. We're gonna make a lot of money in golf. If you were in fall, if you aren't able to listen to us later on in the afternoon, so you didn't watch a lot of primetime action, you missed making a ton of money this golf season because my win. guy was on fire. We're gonna he's win fire fleek. We're gonna win. <laughs> we're gonna win. <laughs> Speaking of things you there can watch is. though, how much have you been watching? Oh, you have your record up? No, no. What no, is, no, no <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, no, no. We, don't, we don't. We don't. talk, he, we don't talk that said, nonsense.
3: You said here it is. I we didn't don't know talk that nonsense. I didn't know where you were going with yeah, that one. Um, right. But speaking of watching things, mm. I we mentioned it briefly a little bit earlier. I've been all in on watching Hard Knocks oh. as soon as they come out. I gotta watch it. I gotta know what what next crazy thing Dan Campbell's saying and doing with this team. And it's so much fun. And it does make you more excited about this Lions team. And reminds you why so many people are betting their season win total over six and a half. There's a belief in this group.
4: I would run through that glass wall right there for, for Dan Campbell. I would. I would do it. I would. I would get up from right now, and if Dan Campbell walked in and said, "I want you to run headfirst through that glass," I would be like, "You got it. You got it, <laughs> Captain." Like, I mean, the dude is so incredible. Like, he comes in and just he seems very, very. Re- he's the anti-Bill Belichick. He like seems so relatable. A dude you'd want to sit down and have like a dinner and a beer with, or whatever, and all that. Like, it's just the anti-like I'm better than you. Well, I'm it's like the all-player
3: staff that's yeah. that he's built too. Mm-hmm. Like, helps give along that type of a vibe. As well, like even just the all player led practice they did like, all right, this is on you guys. Nobody's going to be out here anymore. It just seems fun. And like, they like what they're doing and they're having success doing it. And I will
4: say, I mean, look, yes, they're focusing on the right people and all that. But I mean, you know, people are saying, oh, everyone, this hype with this, with this, with this Lions team is strictly off of, off of hard knocks. But no, I mean, they, they, they put in, they did some good stuff in the off season they haven't even mentioned Jamison Williams on the show one single time. This is a guy that is going to come back midway through the season, and he was one of the biggest playmakers in college football. Like, I mean, there there are there are things to like about this team for sure. Again, is it going to ultimately probably on how good Jared Goff can play? Yes, because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many receivers you have. It doesn't matter how good the offensive line is. If Jared Goff can't make the throws, then yes, they're they're going to be bad. But it is, there are things, there are promising things here, including a schedule in which there are games against the Commanders, the Seahawks, the Patriots, the Dolphins, the the Bears, the Giants. Fifth I mean, these easiest, are all winnable games.
3: Fifth easiest yeah. strength of schedule for the squad. Also, they're all to over seven and a half, if you think they can get to eight wins, plus 165. My favorite quote, um, of this past episode from Dan Campbell. I had two WTFs, two BS in the first drive alone. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing. It was BS, man. But of course, that was the you know friendly for children it was version. So, yeah. It was so good, though. It was great. Love was every great. second of it. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out here, but Steve Buchanan, MLB and NFL analyst at DraftKings will join us next. Take a look at the 12-game slate this evening in Major League Baseball and some some NFL
5: a little bit. Why not?
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
3: Pocket cash with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot at a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Levi's now to get in on the action. Levi's, buy better, wear longer, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And my wonderful co-host, Matt Brown here, just staring me into my soul while I tried to... Tried to read that read for the people. Um, Excited to welcome in somebody who won't do me like that. The one and only Steve Buchanan. We welcome in MLB and NFL analyst over at DraftKings at S.Buchanan24 on Twitter. And you will be very happy to know, Steve, we have another crumble cookie connoisseur on the desk with us here.
5: Oh, Yes. That's great to hear. I mean, I'm very excited to be on this show before. Now you just completely drew me in. Now now I'm totally sold on coming do, on.
4: Do you, Game changer. Do, do you guys, like, do, will you look at what they have before you go and order? Absolutely. Or does it not even bother? Do, I, follow it the,
3: I follow the account. I go with the cookie thirst traps that they post. I repost them. I actually poor Steve. I had to, like, I reeled him in on one. He was like, I've been uh, avoiding it altogether because Red Velvet's my favorite. And I said, wait, did you not watch the video? Because it's on the lineup for the yeah. last time that we talked. Do- Sorry, Steve. Sorry about that, we, we,
5: say, okay. good, I, It's
3: good
4: we've all been there enough to where, like, I know what to fade, too. Like, like I, I can look at the lineup <laughs> and be like, oh, okay, it's not worth yeah, it this week. I'll, I'll save it for next week.
5: You know, that. when we get into the dog days of winter when football is over, like, we can do a whole segment on this. Yes, get a sponsorship, like bring some money to the company. Like, we got a lot of good ideas. <laughs> we'll do some crumble cookie power ratings, get it all going.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit of bettable items today before we get to the futures on crumble. Uh, We've been talking a lot about Dodger's Mets already today, Steve, so might as well get that out of the way off the top with you here. Another huge game at City Field. Great pitching matchup. Tyler Anderson with his 13 and two record, two six nine ERA, taking on Jacob deGrom, who's been tremendous in his return, five games, two one five ERA and five starts coming back from the injury. What's your approach to this game tonight?
5: Yeah, I, I like taking the under in this one under six and a half here. I mean, obviously we can go on about Jacob DeGrom all we want, how great he's been when he's come back. Total of seven runs allowed in those five starts, spanning over 29 and a third innings, posting a ridiculous 22% swing and miss rate. Obviously, he's not missing anything, getting back on the mound there, but truly uh, Tyler Anderson has been so good for the Dodgers, too, as well as 2.69 ERA, an expected ERA of 3.14, so he's really been as good as advertised, and he's already blanked this Mets team once already back in June through six innings. That game was at Dodger Stadium. City Field's pretty cozy too as well, so no issue about this, uh, the uh, park change in this one year. Both these guys work really deep into games too. Anderson has gone at least six innings in 15 of the 22 starts that he's made, so really going to limit the bullpens in this matchup here. So you give me a total of six and a half runs. I know it's a very, very small amount. Usually don't want to bet the under on a number like that, but with these two guys on the mound, the Wave and pitch, I feel fine about that, so I like taking the under in this game here.
4: Steve, we're looking at this Yankees and Angels game. Garrett Cole on the hill. Strikeout props set at 8.5 right now. Juice to the under, so you get a little bit of reduced juice. If you're looking at the over, Garrett Cole, 11 on his last time out against Oakland. You are looking for him to continue with the success.
5: Yeah, going over that number, it's a huge number to go over, but we're talking about the Los Angeles Angels, who all they do is feel like is strike out and hold the best players in baseball hostage. That's the two best things that they do (laughs) in Major League Baseball. They have the highest K rate in the league against righties at 26%, and also if they have the highest K rate, they must be swinging and missing a lot. They're also topping the league at that uh, 27.3% swing and miss rate in Major League Baseball. And like I mentioned, while this is a big number for Garrett Cole to cross, He's got over this an- a number 11 times already this season. You just mentioned he did that in the last start, which was against the Oakland Athletics, who are also within the top 10 in K-rate against righty. So I know Garrett Cole's been a bit, you know, hit or miss all season long, but the strikeout numbers, even when he's struggling, has still been there. So I like this number, even going over eight and a half runs, uh, excuse me, strikeouts uh, in this game against this Angels team tonight.
3: I'm still just laughing at holding them hostage. Uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> the Mariners made it look easy against the tigers yesterday a 9-3 win covered the run line easy got the over for better seattle on a nice little run here uh taking at least some advantage of the schedule that they have ahead of them is it worth investing on the mariners here again continuing to fade detroit
5: yeah a little too juicy on, on the money line so i have no issue taking them on the run line at even money too they've been covering the run line at ease as of late they've done so in five of their last seven games and the matchup here is just too good for me to pass up going up against Tyler Alexander, who has seen a massive dropout in his strikeouts this season. This is someone who is averaging 7.3 strikeouts per nine inning last year. He's all the way down to 4.6 this year. So opposing teams are just making a ton of contact against him. And it's not like he's a ground ball efficient pitcher or anything like that. It gives up a lot of fly balls. So that's been leading to a lot of issues for him. Uh, Really struggled in the month of August too, as well He's only pitched uh, 26 innings this month 17 runs allowed on 30 hits so exactly my point there just giving up a ton of contact right now everything is clicking with the seattle mariners right now they've been on an absolute roll the offense should continue tonight against alexander and then one of the league's worst bullpens in the detroit Tigers. so if you're telling me i can get them to win this game by at least two runs i'm getting even money on that number there i'll take that all day with seattle
4: steve for people that have been absolutely buried in baseball research and betting over the course of the last several months you can't ignore the NFL any longer it's here coming. it's coming to us next week so what would you what advice would you give for someone that has been so immersed in baseball as they make the transition into the NFL and trying to research uh, you know some
5: bets to make yeah, I mean, I, I'd be talking to myself here because it's exactly what I've been doing since, the, you know, the month of April. But you know, obviously there is just a plethora of information out there uh, that you can grab here. Visa's got a ton of stats and guides you can go there, so make sure to check that out there. How's that for a nice plug? Uh, but mm. there's so, many, so much information out there that you can consume. A lot of great stuff here on DraftKings, too, as well. But the transition should be fairly easy because there are so many great bettors and sharp bettors out there giving advice. So be on Twitter, be on the web pages here. There's great stuff you can consume.
3: Take the information uh get the notifications mm. from beat writers yeah. all the things um yes. I want to get your opinion specifically on the NFC East and particularly looking to the top because the Cowboys and Eagles are now co-favorites to win the division are you on board with this Eagles hype train d- despite the fact the jury is still out a little bit on whether or not Jalen Hurts can be the guy he needs to be to guide this top tier roster
5: yeah i am on this eagles hype train maybe that's to my detriment um because we know what's happened with the eagles in years past but to be fair, I mean, one of the biggest things for me is that the Cowboys are going to be starting this year like the walking wounded already. We obviously don't have Amari Cooper on this team anymore. Then they got two key injuries to their receivers already with James Washington and Michael Gallup. Both of these guys could be missing at least a month's time already. So uh, the Eagles could get out to a quick start here because they also have one of the easiest schedules in the league this year. But really what the key thing is for me here is that that offensive line needs to stay healthy. Last year, they had 14 different combinations on the field that played at least 10 snaps that was the fourth most in the league but when this offensive line is healthy They don't have a single below-average starter uh, in there to protect Jalen Hurts. And like I mentioned, the schedule really plays into the favor here, too, as well. If the Eagles can get out to a quick start, and if you look at that schedule, they very well could. There really isn't a tough matchup for them to begin the year, with the exception of maybe the Vikings there. But you got the Lions, the Commanders, the Jaguars. you got that Cardinals game. How do the Cowboys look when they face them? I think that's in week six there. They got the early bye. So if they get out to that quick start, I really think they could start running away with this division. Then they got a really easy schedule coming out of that bye too as well. So I think there's a lot to like on the Eagles. I know this question's about Jalen Hurts, about his accuracy and whatnot, but with the addition of Brown, I think good things are going to happen for this team in uh, 2022.
4: Steve, you take a look at the team that everybody is just kind of assumes is going to be in the mix no matter what, and and that's the Buffalo Bills. You got Josh Allen, who's the third graded quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, all of last season. And then you got Stephon Diggs on one side, 12th out of 115 wide receivers, and Gabriel Davis on the other, who was, oh my goodness, 10th out of 115 (laughs) wide receivers, actually graded higher (laughs) than Stephon Diggs last year. And you like Davis to keep that going.
5: Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that his touchdown prop is only set at seven and a half. He's now in that wide receiver two role. He solidified himself in that position, especially after the postseason that he just had. And you look at his target share in the red zone, specifically between weeks 13 and 18. He had 12 red zone targets over that span during the regular season ended with six touchdowns on the year. And that's even with missing a good chunk of games last year, too, as well. I don't have to tell you what he did in the playoffs. Obviously, he had that unbelievable game scoring four, ended up with five touchdowns touchdowns there but he's also a really good down deep field uh deep field threat as well he's averaging 15.8 yards per target over the past two years so obviously stefan Diggs is that guy you think about as the downfield threat but he can be that guy too as well so the over under on this one seven and a half touchdowns you can get that at minus 120 on DraftKings sportsbook i really like him going over that number a lot if josh allen is the guy that we have continued to see over the past year or so and he's slinging the ball the way he has Diggs. Davis, that's going to be an unstoppable duo. They should be racking up the touchdowns this upcoming season.
3: Nobody does it better, my guy. Thanks so much for the time. Appreciate you, Steve.
5: Appreciate it. Talk to you guys later.
3: And also, good reminder for everyone, um, before we take a quick break here, at Crumble, there is the pumpkin chocolate chip flavor this week. Fall has come. Get the pumpkin spice lattes. Get the pumpkin cold brew. It's not even September yet. Oh, man. It's still August. Those just became available at Starbucks yesterday, I believe. And guess who had one yesterday?
4: This is absurd. This, is, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is absurd. <laughs> it's like hockey. There's no off season anymore with it's this stuff. It's time.
3: And uh. it's time when we come back to talk college football week one. Don't go anywhere.
0: This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
3: It's football season, and betters know that this is when the money's made. Nobody knows football like VEASAN. And now it's time to become a VEASAN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro guides. Only VEASAN subscribers get all the tools to prep for this season. You get our expert profiles of every single team, advanced stats, power ratings, plus best bets on season one win totals, division finishes, player awards, everything you want. If you sign up early... Discounted $175 for the whole thing. You get both guides full Vsin access through the Super Bowl. Or you can join us monthly, $40 a month. See everything we've got to offer and up your betting game. Go to vcncom slash subscribe for all your options. Become part of the Esports Betting Network. And it's a perfect way to get into some college football talk. Those guides, again, are just like so well worth it. 300 pages. So well worth it. The college guide, what I love so much about it is like every single team, you're you're getting two pages on. You're getting yeah. a full breakdown. It's not like Georgia and Alabama are getting you know this crazy breakdown. Right. Versus you're getting the same thing for UConn. So find your advantages. Find the conferences where you have an edge. Um, don't bet Nebraska. Basically was my takeaway from week zero. There you go. Yikes. There you go. Can we talk about how rough week zero?
5: <laughs> yeah, that was?
3: was. I'm glad we have some marquee games that we can preview here in week one after what we had to I sit mean, through last week. I'm just week. glad I didn't
4: bet that because I actually kind of had a fairly decent de- decent. Lean in Nebraska in that one too. Like I just thought that.
3: Well, if Scott Frost doesn't do the onside kick heard around right. the world, and I say it that way because it wasn't Dublin.
4: <laughs> it was. And with with did you? Let's get off on a on a, on a side Love tangent that. here. Did you see? So the computer system went down at the game, and so all the booze was free.
3: Yes, that's the way to do it, people.
4: Uh, that I was like, that's the greatest. That's the greatest football. Usually,
3: story. everywhere else just shuts it down. Okay, you can't purchase beer anymore. It's over. No. Listen, free
4: you keep your Rudy. All. I don't need your Rudy story. I don't need whatever. Like the best football story ever is that the computer system went down and they got free booze <laughs> the whole rest of the game. I don't need all this inspiring stuff. I, that's inspiring yep. to me. That They didn't keep these people from getting what they really wanted. They wanted the boost They handed it to them for free.
3: Whoever that guy was at the uh, the baseball game that was drinking beer out of a hot dog, if he made it no, to Dublin, he had that opportunity. It wasn't that's, taken away from him. That's it's just, just wrong. Filth. Um, but let's get into some of the awesome games that are coming up this weekend because uh, – it's not every day that you see a top five team in the country be a 17 and a half point underdog. Yeah. And that's what we have with Ohio State and Notre Dame going head to head. Actually, dating back to 1980, only four top five teams have been an underdog of that yeah. many points. um And that spread has become bulletin board material for Marcus Freeman. He talked about that in his press conference availability earlier this week. That's something he was going to take to the guys. I don't know if that'll be enough, though, with the Ohio State Buckeyes.
4: It is. It is not. I mean, listen let's just fast forward to the end of the college football season. There's going to be – it's a one-game season for Ohio State, and even at that, it's it's the last game of the year whenever they play Michigan, so it doesn't really even matter at that point if they lose. They're still going to get in the playoff. And so that's why I've been so incredibly adamant about saying, like, people trying to get cute with what's going to happen with Ohio State. I just don't – I just can't get into it. And listen, I'm not an Ohio State guy. I'm not an Ohio State fan by any stretch of the imagination, but whenever you look – and the talent that is on the roster top to bottom it, you cannot mm-hmm. deny that this team is just superior vastly superior not just superior vastly superior to everyone that they're going to play
3: well that's why that's why Steve Mackinnon's power ratings just about every power rating out there that you see you see Alabama and Ohio State Right. and then there is a drop off even to Georgia who people are very high on mm-hmm. and after that it's just fall off a cliff Yeah it's
4: like tier 1 there's like a middle tier all to itself which is Georgia and then the whole yep. rest of every the whole rest of just everybody next else level. and you know really you're the all you're asking yourself in this is does Ohio State at some point call off the dogs like I mean it is first game of the year the whole you know all the different things like that because I mean they're they're going Going to win the game, they're going to win the game handily. Is it a, Is it by 18 points? Is really kind of the handicap here for me in a week one game? I just don't want to get involved in something like that where I'm trying to not necessarily handicap the team, but the mentality of how much they want to right. win by. And, <laughs> you well, know? and
3: so I don't even know how much I can actually trust your handicap of this game in general because you are just a Notre Dame hater. Because oh, we, like the truth comes out, we know, it is. I we am. know, I am. I am. Um, So I don't have a bet on this game game either. I Mm -hmm. think that week one games are really tough. I'm only betting things that I feel very, very confident in. And while I do think slash hope if Notre Dame gives a steady dose of the run game, similar to what we saw Oregon do week one when they upset Ohio State to start last year, that that could keep them more in the game. I'm,
4: it's fair, fair.
3: So things like that come to mind for me while it, there's a new head coach in Marcus Freeman, a lot of the staff intact, including offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, which was an important thing to say. They still have a decent amount of talent. The big question mark, of course, is their sophomore quarterback who's never played a meaningful snap of college football. So that's the that's what we're going to see First start, gonna be a tough environment, gonna be a tough place to play, but I wonder if they can stay in it. Um, you so, actually, your lean
4: would be to take the
1: points. My
3: lean would be to take the points. I haven't bet it, I doubt that I will, yeah. but as that number has grown from 14, 14 and a half to 17 and a half, it's definitely piqued my interest that much well, it's, more. Well, it's
4: one of the deals where at, at 17 and a half, you can say to yourself, if you wanna kind of paint the picture, where you could be getting beat by 24 points. I mean, like, you, you could be getting housed and a garbage touchdown still covers, right? I mean, that's the thing. Like, you can be getting handily beat and they call off the dogs, you get a late touchdown, and, I mean, that gets it under 17 and mm-hmm. a half. I mean, that's, that's the thing. So you still lose by 17, which is a thorough beating, but, hey, we're just trying to cash tickets here. <laughs>
3: Number five team in the country, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, you are actually looking. You Your lone bet, as far as I know, mm-hmm. in week one is the former team of, of the former head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, Brian Kelly's LSU squad, your mm-hmm. squad. You have faith in them to cover the three against Florida State.
4: Yeah, this is actually, and honestly, I actually tend to try to stay away from from LSU best just in general, but this there's really no so you bias. Know, it's in, hard.
3: Like You know the team so well because you care about watching the yeah, games. that so You have a good read. There's
4: really no bias in this one towards me. I mean, if you look at what LSU is going to put on the field, I mean, they're, they're they're, they're a superior talent on pretty much every single level, right? I mean, specifically on the defensive line, where they actually have one of, and, you know, even the rankings, this isn't just my opinion, even the rankings coming into the season have one of the top ten defensive lines in all college football, despite the fact that the win total is sitting as low as it is for for this squad. And there is, you know, a top ten receiver in Keyshawn Boutte on this team. So you've got that. You've got these guys on the defensive line. If Jaden Daniels can, like, play, I mean, you know, like
3: <laughs> 85% of like, he you has know, so what his, much potential. Right. So coming many out of tools. high school. Right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like
4: if, if there's that, right. Cause I mean, it's going to be an upgrade from what, what else had the last couple of years as it is anyway. So there's, there's just a, there's just a, man advantage, right? Like, like, like the men on the line are better than the defensive guys on the floor side. The they, they men on the defensive line for LSU are better than the offensive mm-hmm. guys for Florida State as well. And so, I mean, with it only being a, a field goal, and I get it. Look, I mean, the last couple of seasons have been very uninspiring for for LSU with with orge run. I think it's a big, big upgrade from a coaching standpoint as well. I mean, no matter what you think about the success that some of the prior guys had at LSU, they were, they were succeeding – because of the talent on the field around them and the assistant coaches that were there, and it was not because of their doing. And so, you bring in Kelly, and he is a proven winner. I mean, the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. That's what I was going
3: to say, you can, people can hate on Brian Kelly as much yeah. as they want to because he's kind of a weird dude and he pulls yeah. out a Cajun accent out of nowhere, but he is a proven winner. He's won everywhere that he's ever been. He's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history, mm-hmm. like you said, for a reason. Those, that doesn't happen every day with a program that is established and historic as it is. Yeah, so that I mean, says something
4: won't be this year. I mean, I think LSU's probably going to be on a on a rocket ship in the next couple of years because he was able to recruit and and get good teams in a situation in which he was extremely handcuffed, right? I mean, it's hard to get into Notre Dame. Like you can't just take <laughs> anybody into Notre Dame, We're right? Like the like it's a it's a very different deal and and it's harder to recruit to get someone to go to south bend than it is to get someone to go whether it's warm weather all the time and it's a party atmosphere and all the stuff like it is in baton rouge like i think if he was able to do what he was able to to do at notre dame and then now he gets to do it basically on steroids down in, in baton rouge i mean i think lsu's probably going to be on a rocket ship again it's not going to happen this year but i do like them in this game only being a, a field goal favorite
3: a couple interesting sec versus pac 12 games coming on mm-hmm. this week as well one with a much larger spread where you have Former Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning leading the Oregon Ducks to take on his former team in the number three ranked squad in the country of Georgia. And then number seven, Utah out Florida going down to the Swamp in Gainesville. Uh, that spread has grown from a virtual pick 'em type of a game up to one, two, now sitting around three. I bet Utah when they were two-point favorites – that is, I feel very confident in that I still feel mm-hmm. confident in th- the 3 I think uh for as long as that's available cuz the closer we get to game time yeah. that could only grow in my opinion yes the yes the humidity is going to take a toll yes there is a wild card in the quarterback for Florida and Anthony Richardson and the freakish talent that he has displayed, but he's one of those guys with crazy potential. And all my life, all I've ever learned was that potential just means he ain't done anything yet. And he hasn't shown me enough that he's going to be consistent enough to beat a team in Utah that is the staple of consistency that's all this team is um anyone that's listened to the network knows I I am one of the people contributing to the Utah hype I like them I to was be. just gonna
4: say there is no team if we were if the Utah is the chargers of college football like it's it they are the team that they're going to the playoff
3: to- I have a cam rising 80 to 1 ticket I'm just gonna say <laughs> it I think Tavion Thomas at running back is a freaking star and he's gonna run all over the field I'm all in there I'm all it is. In. So if and, they lose, and you
4: got the bet to prove it.
3: If they lose Florida, I'm done yeah, for. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you got the bet to prove
3: it. Stay with us. We're gonna wrap things up when we come back here on Vison Final Countdown. Um, yeah, get to get to our final recap of the of the day's games. Major League Baseball, having some fun.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatone and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
3: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit v to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see those changes and all of the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets, where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. v here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at v Stormy Tony and Matt Brown live from the South Point Sportsbook wrapping things up here on visa and final countdown do have a couple final scores in the mlb action you're today a, you're a data not
4: data huh
3: yeah i'm one of those you're a data not you don't data. like that
4: i mean no it's just it's 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 always interesting to find out like which way people go with it. i that. feel
3: very judged do you ever
4: say do you do you ever flip-flop or you do you think you are always
3: no data? i probably uh, i'm i'm probably non-exclusive
4: yeah you, you probably you'll flip-flop yeah. you'll flip-flop data, I, data. I would say
3: data more than data though Yeah. if i had to choose
4: Producer stuff that won't be on camera. Data or data? Are you like A, choice A, or choice B? That.
3: She's, she, oh, she's a flip-flopper
4: All right, as see, well. See, come on. She's a flip-flopper as well. I also <laughs> flip-flop. And I, the reason I do this is because I know I've caught myself doing this. I will say data. I will say data. And I have no idea why my brain chooses one there or the other as, it's, as words, it's coming out of my mouth. There
3: are a few words that are like that that you can do one way or the other. And it's just kind of like
4: eh. Yeah, Whatever.
3: Uh, Astros beat the Rangers 5-3. That one is final in the books. Did go over the 7.5, which, I mean, we talked about that earlier. Went through, over very early. Brewers beat the Pirates 6-1. And as the sixth inning just wrapped up between the Padres and Giants, pod squad leads San Francisco 5-1. Still 12 games, though, Matt. Still to come later on in the evening slate, the first of which at around 3:10 Pacific with the Orioles and Guardians. But lots of lineup updates, I know, as well.
4: Yeah, if we take a look, just if you're if you're betting this evening, Ronald Acuna is back in the lineup tonight for the Braves as they host the Rockies. They're huge favorites in that game. I think it's like minus three, th- three-something three in that one. So, again, it's just it's if you're looking more for the long term.
3: Rockies got the upset yesterday. Yes,
4: yes. If they're, the minus 320, there we are. So, I mean, you know, it's more if you're looking long term here. Acuna is back in the lineup for the Braves tonight. Trevor Rodgers activated by the Marlins, and he's going to start tonight against the Rays. He's got a 585 ERA and a 1.6 whip on the season and only 83 Ks and 87 innings through 19 starts. That was when he went to the IL. I mean, this was a guy that people were pretty hyped on coming into the season because last year he had a 264 ERA and 25 starts for this Marlins team, but just could not find anything early on for him. Maybe this, maybe it was something to do with this injury. Maybe he found something you know, while he was rehabbing or whatever. So he is going to make the start tonight. For the Marlins, Jordan Alvarez was back in that lineup today for the Astros. So, just again, if you're more of a long-term type thing here, if you're worried about him, that hand injury, uh, he was out again today, but it looks like he's going to be back again in that thing tomorrow. And then Shane McClanahan placed on the 15-day IL with mm-hmm. the raise. He was supposed to start yesterday, got scratched, and it was called a shoulder impingement. And then – Yeah, they saw
3: like- that video of him walking out of the bullpen – not too happy. It was looked a little... good
4: enough to put him on the 15-day 15, 15, yeah. like right off the bat here. And like the reason we even bring this up, one, the Razor scratching and clawing to try to get into that wild card spot. But also, with the Verlander injury – this opened the debate of, well, could McClanahan catch mm-hmm. him in the Cy Young race? Like, is it worth putting in a speculative bet on McClanahan? Because he's been so incredibly good this year. Well, he was as low as five to one at a couple of different books out there. He's eight to one at DK before he decided before they put him on the on the IL, but that's going to all change. And of course, this probably ensures now. It was going to be, it was more likely than not going to be Verlanders anyway, but I think this pretty much ensures now that. You know, even with him missing this right. time, it's not going to be that big of
3: a just deal. Just cements that thought process. Yeah. wanted to just reference real quickly, go back to that Braves-Rockies game, because mm-hmm. Rockies obviously have the worst road record in baseball. So the fact that they got the upset win yesterday against Max Fried, like what is happening right mm-hmm. now? And then you look a little bit deeper into it. The Braves were just 2 of 13 with runners in scoring position. That'll do it. That'll do it, that'll and do it. that'll likely get corrected today. I would imagine.
4: That'll do it. All, it sounds almost like Pete Alonso for you last night. As
3: well. Oh, why well, you got to me like this? I did
4: it. I came all the way back around. It was just... started at the segment one, and then right all the way back, all the way back around. It was
3: this time yesterday I gave that bet. Really liked it. I know. Felt really good about it. Guess what? I don't
4: have a single bet tonight, so there's nothing yeah. for me to lose.
3: <laughs> got to step. Had to step away today. Or no weird today. ruling <laughs> to
4: have to talk about tomorrow because I don't have anything. That's going. To, it's funny. We were talking about Josh Gordon getting cut yesterday. Here we go again. He's it, it's a, make, making all the high, he, Titans. He's he's going in with the Titans. They're going to talk mm-hmm. to him, see what's going on. We're going to have to make him a thing again, I guess, because you know he's talking with the Titans. So there is that. Jason Peters. He is 40 years old, by the way. Yes, that same <laughs> Jason Peters. He's talking with the Cowboys because of all their offensive line woes. You ready for this?
3: I'm ready. Give it to me. Let's go.
4: R.I.P. Trey Sermon. The experiment is over. He was cut today by the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody wondering why can't he get on the field? Why what is going on? He had all this promise coming out of college. So Trey Sermon. Much. The experiment is over.
3: That sucks.
4: He has been cut today by the 49ers. And then speaking of cuts, the Cowboys, and we're gonna have a spectacular graphic for this one as well. The Cowboys yesterday decided. Then, uh, I guess all we need is Dak Prescott because they cut all three of their backup quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> now they're going to bring someone Cooper back. Cooper Rush,
3: yeah. Will Greer, Ben DiNucci. <laughs> yeah.
4: They're going to bring someone back because they have to have a backup quarterback. But I, I can think...
3: see the graphic before <laughs> it goes online. There we go. There it is.
4: There's, there's the quarterback room. <laughs> Like, Dak walks in, and like he just looks around, he's like, I guess I'll put my feet up and, like, do all the things. Yes, because that's all that's there right now. And
3: isn't that, I mean, that's how the Lions are right now as well, um, because originally you thought, okay, David Blau earned the job, he's going to be the guy, and then he got waived as well. So a lot of this, I know, is strategic.
4: Yes. In yes. the sense that. They want to see who's out there, most likely they're going to re-sign right. this, the guy, but if, like, one of the a surprise cut or something. They wanted to at least have the opportunity to go in and scoop and, up. And if
3: you need somebody else in your roster elsewhere, you're afraid to put them on waivers. Mm-hmm. It's just a good way to put somebody out there you don't think is going to get picked up. These different things. But, yeah. Yeah. I just don't like that, though. I know. Come on. Because Dak, Dak's so healthy. And the, and He's the, had the, so many great things happen for, for him. I'm,
4: I'm telling you. So, I am I already have my... uh I already have my hot take for Hot Take Tuesday. Next
3: week. <laughs> for next week, Casey. I already got
4: it. I already got it. And let's just, this is a long tease right here. It involves the Cowboys. <laughs> it involves the Cowboys. So stick around. Don't forget a it. A week from now. Yeah, stick around a week from now. And then you're going to get that. So we, we were talking college football, right? And yeah. like, so one of the things, everyone always does these way too early mocks and stuff. And if you're wondering why we, whenever we talk about Ohio State, we talk about Alabama the way that we talk about them. And we talk about Georgia the way that we talk about them, you know? So, they do the way-too-early mock draft. I
3: hate this, by the way.
4: Four quarterbacks go in the top ten. We said this was going to be a quarterback-rich draft. Four of them going in the top ten in this mock draft. C.J. Stroud goes in the top. Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson all go in the top ten picks. Uh, they had Stroud to Texas. Not that this matters. And Bryce, It's, it's the teams that we thought are probably going to Remember be getting quarterback. Remember what we Texans said about Seahawks Anthony
3: Giants. Richardson? Ain't done leaps yet. <laughs> what it's are we doing?
4: Promise. It's called promise.
3: That is so excessive. And potential. Anyways, continue. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That being said,
4: if you're wondering why that we talk about these teams as if it's like this foregone conclusion that they're going to be there at the end, Mm -hmm. it's because it kinda is. So in that first round, 14 SEC players and six players between Ohio State and Clemson. So between the SEC, and by the way, the vast majority of those of those players are from Alabama and Georgia uh, in the, for, as far as the sec players go. And then six between Ohio state and Cleveland. So 20 of the 31 picks in the draft, remember the dolphins got their pick axed. So there's only gonna be 31 <laughs> picks next year as opposed to 32. So 20 of the 31 in this mock draft were either sec or or Ohio State and Clemson. Well, and
3: that's why when we talk about these teams, it's the, the like, cliche of they don't rebuild, they reload. And yeah. it's very, very, very true. Like, to the point that it's sickening that mm-hmm. that's the way that it is.
4: And the way that the transfer por- portal has gone at this point, like, everyone thought, and, and don't get me wrong, it does make some teams better because you have guys that, that do transfer out of, of these schools because they've, see that there's not a clear path to starting and whatever. And so some of these quarterbacks do go and they play elsewhere. That being said, what it's also done is strengthen these guys because, like, these recruits that have fallen through the cracks, like these two-star and three-star guys, they go to these mid-major schools and then they blow up and then they want to transfer to the big that's, schools. That's yeah. exactly what happens. They happened. want to transfer to the big schools. And so it's like it, it's just the rich getting richer mm-hmm. through, through the transfer portal as well. Everyone's like, oh, even it out because they'll, they'll leave Alabama when they can't play. Well, that's true but they're also getting the guys that want to play for the bigger schools whenever they have awesome seasons. So it's just been –
3: College football free agency. And yeah. you even see that even not necessarily mid-majors, but look at LSU getting Jaden Daniels, who yeah. we just talked about, like taking that step from the Pac-12 and ASU <laughs> to going to an SEC school. So it's, it's always out yeah. there, and these things are going to happen. I still stand by what I said about Anthony Richardson, though. Panthers don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> if Matt Rule's not going to get fired this year, he will next year. If that, yeah. if that's the play. Um, that's a wrap though for today. Uh, one quick pro tip before we get out of here though, and it kind of goes back to what we talked about of just knowing the information where you are consuming mm-hmm. things from, and that that matters. You can verbalize that better. Than Absolutely.
4: Me. <laughs> I mean, just basically, when you're making the transition here from one sport to another, there is a ton of information out there. Figure out who has the best of it and consume as much of it as you can. Be
3: diligent about what you consume, where you consume it from, and that's why we here at VSIN are here for you. VSIN.com slash subscribe. Again, that's a wrap for today. VSIN Final Countdown. VSIN Prime Time with Sean and Tim coming up next.